Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 11th of January, 2024. Flyers Daily, as always, presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. You ever wake up and you feel like you're in an alternate universe? Nothing, things that you thought were expected or normal just aren't there anymore. They're unexpected at every turn. That's been this flyer season through the halfway point. It's been some unexpected elements. How about yet another, I mean, goodness gracious, another shootout win for the Flyers? Are you kidding me? They outshoot the Montreal Canadiens in the game 39-19. to I've never seen a game where the team, they go into the first period intermission trailing 2-1. to They outshot the opposition 10-2. to you might go, well, that's some shoddy goaltending. But it wasn't. The two goals that Montreal scored on the only two shots they had were both deflections and tips. And I think they did something interesting on them as well, which we'll talk about in a second. But the Flyers, they they stuck to it in this game. I thought that this was going to be maybe a tough night for them. But they got after it, and in the second period, they chipped away, get another power play goal, and they find a way. It's a find-a-way league, as John Tortorella likes to say. And they found a way to get a shootout win over the Montreal Canadiens. Let's get to the particulars. The Canadiens opened the scoring just 129 in. Sean Monaghan uh, is able to tip a puck down uh, under Sam Harrison. Puck's coming in high. It almost looked like the tip maybe was above the crossbar. Can't tell sometimes when you look at the TV angle because it can be deceiving. They don't end up um, challenging it, so it's a good goal. Sean Monahan's 11th of the season. And then at 11.28 of the first, just about 10 minutes later, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, again, it's a tip. This time, it's actually tipped off Morgan Frost. And there was a player there, though, Yurov Slavkowski, easy for me to say, uh, was there for a tip. Uh, but he ended up not getting a piece of it. That put the Canadiens up 2 nothing. And on both of those plays, Brian Smith, when we were doing the first intermission, brought up a good point. He said, I wonder what John Tortorella's coaching record is against guys that played for him, like Martin St. Louis, the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, or guys that coached with him, like Mike Sullivan the other night. Um, do those people, those coaches that have some very deep institutional knowledge on what Torts likes to do, in particular in the defensive zone, do they have ways that they want to attack it, knowing what Torts likes to do from a coverage standpoint. And the interesting thing about those first two goals for Montreal, the Monaghan goal that's tipped, the player that's defending Monaghan in front of the net is not a defenseman. It was Owen Tippett. The Savard goal, the player that was uh, covering Slavkowski, was not a defenseman right in front of the net. It was Morgan Frost. So did Martin St. Louis have some institutional knowledge from playing for torts for so long and studying the tape recently and all that stuff, find a way to pull the Flyers' D-men away from the blue paint and then send them there with a forward covering them. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever know that, but I thought that was interesting. So Flyers are down 2-0 in the game. They're out shooting the Canadians. At that point, I think it was like 6-1 or 6-2 because they got – both their shots were goals. 
Uh, but the Flyers get on the board at 15:41. This is a really big goal because if you go into the first intermission out shooting a team 10 to 2 and you're down 2 nothing, I think it's incredibly deflating. If you if that happens 10 to 2, but you're now you're only a goal back, it's 2-1, you cut the lead in half, then obviously much better. The team, I think the team feels better about it. And at 15-41, Owen Tippett gets on the board, his 14th of the season. It was a rush attempt with Travis Konechny and Sean Couturier. It kind of gets strung out along the right side. Eventually, Tippett is able to corral the puck and beat a sprawled out Caden Primo. And just inside the post, really sharp angle, good finish from Owen Tippett. That puts the Flyers on the board. It's 2-1. So you head to the break only down a goal after outshooting them 10-2. to two. Head to the second period, and the Flyers, I mean, again, back to the alternate universe. They get yet another power play goal. This time, it's a goal from Morgan Frost that ties it at two at the 8.30 mark of the period. And Jamie Drysdale, in his Flyers debut, picks up the primary assist. Tyson Forster gets one as well. And what Jamie Drysdale did on this power play I think a lot it may go unnoticed by a lot of people, but it's really important. So he is on the left boards at the point when the puck gets sent out to him by Tyson Forster. It's kind of just a, a safety outlet play to the power play quarterback, in this case, J- Jamie Drysdale, and he's all the way against the boards on the left side. He gets that puck from Forster, and then he starts to survey, and he's backing his way across the blue line. And what he does is he goes far enough across the blue line to shift the coverage to the right side, knowing he's got three guys on the left side of the def- of the offensive zone and one guy on the right side. But when the coverage shifts that way, he's now got a huge advantage on the left side, provided he can get the puck there again. So what he does, he pulls it all the way over by going to the right side of the ice, gets the puck to Morgan Frost. Now Morgan Frost has got... Two guys on each side of the net, on the back door and on the near post, and a guy in the middle for the tip. So he's got a ton of options. And he's also got Drysdale out to the right who can come in, get a puck, make a play, shot, whatever it might be. So Morgan Frost, first of all, Drysdale, the whole time he's backing up across the blue line, head up, smooth skater, head up, and just dishes it back to the left side, to Frost. He's got his head up. He's weighing his options. And because he has options, he's able to beat Caden Primo clean. Not clean, but the shot gets through and ends up in the back of the net. That is a prime example of how you can shift the coverage on a power play just by moving. And the players without the puck moving and creating the mismatches. And it's a brilliant play. And when I watched it, I went back and watched the goal a couple of times after the game. And when I watched it, looking at Jamie Drysdale on the power play, you guys all know what this When we watch hockey, you watch some guys and you go, ooh, that guy does not look comfortable doing that, whatever it might be. Killing penalties on the power play. Um, you know, some players you see do certain things and you go, oh, he looks totally comfortable in that specific skill set. Jamie Drysdale looks incredibly comfortable as the power play quarterback. There is no panic with the puck. The head is up. I mean, this is his first game. He's tossed on the power play number one. Their first power play opportunity, he's out there, and they get a goal. He just looks – I'm not saying their power play is going to, you know, click for 30% the rest of the season. That's not what I'm saying. 
but you can tell he is a guy that is very comfortable being the quarterback on a power play. It just it just looked right. And again, everybody else moving. Now this is power play goals in three of the last four games for the Flyers. So things are improving in the in regards to the power play. If they can get some power play scoring down the stretch, that's going to be a huge thing for them to maintain playoff positioning. So uh, Flyers get the game tied there. Go to the third period, no scoring. Go to overtime, no scoring. Flyers out shoot Montreal in the overtime, seven to one. Caden Primo, by the way, not for nothing. He was spectacular in the game. I was blown away how good he was. I mean, he made 37 saves on 39 shots. Full value for Caden Primo. He was absolutely the only reason that the Montreal Canadiens stayed in that game. So we head to the shootout. Sean Couturier is the first shooter. And again, back to our alternate universe. Sean Couturier, on his penalty shot this season, early in the year, and every shootout attempt has done the same thing. He's gone very hard down the right side and then cut to the middle with that left-hand shot to try and beat the goaltender, open him up that way. So coming from the goaltender's left to his right, from Couturier, it's from his right to his left. Done that all year. Every single shootout attempt, and including the penalty shot. And I don't know if Caden Primo is one of those goalies that you know, going into a game, looks at tendencies of players. Some goalies do. Some goalies like to look at tape, see what shooters' tendencies are in the shootout. Should you get that happen? Other goalies refuse to look at it because they don't want to have an expectation that a player is going to do something. So I don't know. I don't know what Caden Primo's preference on that is. But if he if he was a guy that had some pre scout on Sean Couturier in a shootout attempt, he must have been like, "What the hell's going on?" Because Couturier didn't go down the right side. He went down hard to the left left boards. And he cut all the way across the middle and eventually got Primo down and was able to put the puck just over his right pad. And that put the Flyers up one nothing in the shootout. So the first shooter, I think the first if you go first in the shootout, getting the goal is so huge. Because I think it just shifts all of the pressure immediately in the shootout. Suzuki then goes, uh, he's able, he stopped. Uh, Travis Konechny goes, he hit the post. Uh, Brendan Gallagher went, Rishot saved by Arison, just stayed down on it, nasty. Uh, Bobby Brink then, backhand, was saved by Caden Primo. So Sam Arison had to make one more save, which he did on Yolanin, uh, and the Flyers win the shootout. This is crazy. So Arison gives up yet nothing again in the shootout. He's been unbelievable in the shootout. Flyers grab the two points, much needed two points, and they move on and they move forward. And the two points are very important before they head out on this three-game road trip, which you'll see them tomorrow night in Minnesota, Saturday night against a really good Winnipeg team, and then Monday against the St. Louis Blues. The two points get them up to 48 points on the season through 41 games. We're at the halfway point, 21-14-6, 48 points, one point back, of the Carolina Hurricanes. Canes do have a game in hand, and the Flyers uh, are now 3-4-3 three, and three in their last 10. Uh, they are now two points up on the New York Islanders. Islanders also have a game in hand. They are four points up on the Devils. The Devils have three games in hand. Washington, they're also uh, four points up on. Washington has three games in hand, and they are f- four points up on the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins with two games in hand. So it's in a really important 
two points in the standings. You want to maintain that spot uh, up, up, up in the playoff picture so you're not chasing the standings at any point. So this road trip will be huge. These three games will be very important for the Flyers to get back on the road. They've been good on the road this year. I mean, we're at the halfway point. They're 11-6-4 on the road. They're 10-8-2 at home. All right, so real quick, before we get to Flyers at the halfway point, because we're halfway through the season, uh, let's look in particular at Jamie Drysdale's night. You know, he, he obviously got the assist on the power play goal coming into the Flyers. He gets to, the, he gets to Philadelphia yesterday. It has a 5.30 flight. I'm not sure what time he got in from Nashville, probably around 8 o'clock in the morning, right over to the practice facility, meet everybody, see the facilities, where's the bathroom, where's the shower, where's the changing room, where's the weight room, all that stuff, right? Uh, then gets out and has a practice, does some media availability, I'm sure some more meetings and getting his arrangements, where is he going to sleep, and all that stuff taken care of. Uh, so he comes into this game, just been an absolute whirlwind. What does he do? Uh, how about 19 minutes and 40 seconds, 46 seconds of ice time, including a minute and one second on the power play. Saw a bunch of ice in the three-on-three. Again, another element of his game. Guys that are really good skaters tend to be really good three-on-three players. You don't want to really put guys out there. Yet you have to have at least one of these two elements. You have to be a good skater, or you have to have tremendous hockey IQ to get on the ice in three-on-three. Three. If you don't possess either of those, then you're probably not going to see the ice. It, I, I, look, Sean Couturier is not going to win any foot races out there, but he's just such a smart, anticipatory player that he gets a ton of, of ice time in the three-on-three, three. not to mention his face-off acumen, his ability to finish and distribute the puck, which is why he's been a really good three-on-three player for the Flyers. But 1946, it is the uh, second-highest ice time of any Flyer defenseman. Uh, The only one that had higher was Travis Sanheim, who also saw a minute and one second of power play time, but he did see 126 as shorthanded time. Uh, He had more than Cam York, just a few seconds, uh, but second-highest minutes for a blue liner, in this game, as they, they rolled seven blue liners, you had Zamula in there, you had Walker, you had Sealer, you had Cam York. I know the defensemen hate when you have seven, and I understand why, because they're trying to parcel minutes out to everybody. But the Flyers went 11-7. and seven. Nick Delarier was not in the lineup. But the crazy part is, you know, when you're missing a forward, now Delarier's out, there's going to be some higher ice times for forwards. Couturier played 23-11. Um, Konechny played the most minutes of anybody in the game at 24-20. But Joel Farabee got 23-32 as well. And I am so happy to see that. I'm happy to see Farabee. I think he's earned the minutes that he's getting. And I'm happy to see it. He's on got some power play time in minute 16. We know Konechny plays all situations. I think Farabee's a guy that could kill some penalties for the Flyers at some point as well. Maybe not right now. They have some good penalty killers. And penalty kill's been great. Uh, but... He's a guy that could do that as well. So Jamie Drysdale in the night, the one assist, two shots on goal, one block shot, one hit in 19 minutes and 46 seconds of ice time. Very, very nice debut from Jamie Drysdale. And I thought the Flyer fans, they greeted him perfectly. All right, Flyers at the midway point. Like I said, they're sitting in the third spot in the Metropolitan Division. Rangers have the top spot at 54 points. Canes at 49. Flyers at 48 through 41 games. So where's, where's the points percentage have them ranked? The points percentage for the Flyers on the season, uh, they were in the top eight, I think, at one point. All right, points percentage-wise in the NHL, the Flyers are sitting 12th right now 
at .585. Canes are just ahead of them. The top team in the league is the Winnipeg Jets, who we'll see Saturday at .725. When it comes to goals for, average goals per game played, the Flyers, they don't score a ton of goals. 25th in the NHL, 2.83 goals per game. But the big key here is that they allow less goals than they score. And that's a big element. 2.76 goals allowed per games played. And you guys have heard me talk about it quite a bit. The teams, the best teams at defending and keeping the puck out of their net are the most dangerous teams in the league. Winnipeg's got the highest points percentage in the NHL. They also give up the fewest amount of goals allowed per games played. The Kings are right up there with 635 points percentage, 2.43, the second fewest. The Panthers are right up there in the NHL with a .675 points percentage, 2.48. Canucks, 2.59. I mean, it's not rocket science. The Penguins, the Bruins, the Flyers, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Rangers, and the Kraken, all the top 10 teams. That's the key to being a team that has some sustainability. Got to get some scoring, no doubt about it. But the Flyers right now, seventh in goals allowed per games played. Uh, the power play, obviously a huge sore spot for the Flyers this season. 31st in the league. Uh, only the St. Louis Blues have a lower percentage. Uh, Flyers going into the game last night were about 10.8%. Now they're at 114 um, That number probably won't climb a whole heck of a lot, even if the power play gets better because it's total year sample size. We'll break that up into chunks as we go along. Obviously, that's been the weakness, the wart on the supermodel, if you will, so far this season. Conversely, the PK is the second-ranked penalty kill in the NHL. Only the Kings, at 87.6%, have a more effective penalty kill. Flyers are at 86.3%, ahead of the Bruins, Stars, Panthers, Rangers, Flames, and Carolina Hurricanes. Not to mention, they lead the NHL with 10 short-handed goals. Uh, Flyers at the midway point when it comes to shots per games played. Flyers kind of, you know, this is one of those... I'm not a big shots guy, as you guys all know, because I think it's not about quantity. It's about quality. That being said, Flyers ranked sixth in the NHL with 33.3 shots per game, which is kind of shocking, right? Most people think the more shots you get, the more goals you're going to have. That's not the case. 25th in goals, but sixth in the NHL in shot quantity. Uh, Shots allowed per games played this season. Flyers also have the sixth fewest Shots allowed per game is played. Uh, the only teams ahead of them, Carolina, Florida, the Kings, Edmonton, Colorado, and the Flyers at 28.8. So those are the key stats. It's the midway point. We're 41 games in. We still got a half a season to go. I'll tell you what, this has been a fun season already. We're only halfway done. That's the great part. And now we got this player. There was a trade made and a player added without a player subtracted. There's going to have to be some subtraction at some point. Can't run 7-D all year. But, and you got this player in Jamie Drysdale, right shot, right right side defenseman that can skate like the wind, quarterback your power play. Boy, I'm excited for the second half of the season. I hope you guys are too. All right, let's wrap it up there. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow. We'll preview Flyers Minnesota Wild on tomorrow's episode. So everybody, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand new Flyers Daily.